This stuff I'm preaching here, I just feel there's a distant urgency to me about it, and I really feel like it is so important, and I hate it when people miss part of it. You know, if you miss, you need to make it up somehow. You can get on the website, you can go on the sermon audio, you can ask me and I'll give you a disc or whatever, but you sure need to get it all. I'm telling you, I just really feel that way. I I get excited about a lot of stuff I preach, but this is different. This is really important stuff. All right, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Let's just start at the beginning here. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right, I'm going to stop right there for the time being. Born again. <laughs> we take these things and they become a, a, a religious saying, a cliche that everybody says and it takes on a sentimental feeling and it becomes, and we start worshiping the words rather than what they mean. Mm-hmm. And in all of that, we lose what the meaning of what Jesus was saying. We lose it. We just, we're born again. You know, you've heard people, you've heard people talk like that. And, and it's just, you just say those words with emotion and expression and, it, and nobody understands what he's even saying. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that. We want to understand. All right. Now, the natural state of a person born into this sinful world is that he can only see what his eyes see. He can only hear what his ears hear. And he can only feel what he can touch or or what he can feel emotionally. He tries to understand everything by what he knows about this life and this world. You try to understand everything through what you already know. These little bitty children we're watching grow up, they're learning the world. They're in the world, and that's what they're learning every bit. There ain't a spiritual thing about them. They don't understand anything spiritual, and they're not learning anything spiritual. All they're learning is just touch and feel and see and taste and hear, and that's what they're doing. And so when it comes time for them to learn about spiritual things, that's how they're going to try to understand it, just like everybody else does. And the carnal mind is enmity against God. And a natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. And so, you're blind spiritually. You're deaf spiritually. They, a lot of people say we're dead spiritually. I don't believe that. I don't believe we're dead spiritually, but you might as well be for all you can understand and see and know about spiritual things until you're born of the Spirit. Till you're born again. He's not able to understand or comprehend anything outside of this physical realm in which he lives. This is the natural man. When he's not born again, that's all he understands. He's carnal, sold under sin. He doesn't understand anything. 
other than what he can touch, what he can see. That's why it's hard to convince people. And that's why it's a great error to try to convince people that God is real with apologetics and science and trying to show them all the evidence to prove that that it's not going to work. They can't be born of the Spirit. They can't be born again by all of that. There's only one way they can be born of the Spirit. And they got to come through the door. Your song just said it there. Jesus is the door. You must be born again. He's the only way. He's the truth. He's the life. And you've got to come through Him. Now, He lives, the natural man lives in fear and fascination of the spiritual world that's invisible to Him. By nature, somehow, He knows there's something else. He fears that there is something else that he can't see and he don't know what to do with it and he don't know how to deal with it. And, and so he's fascinated by it. Some people are fascinated. Some people are fearful of it. But he tries with all of his might to deny that it even exists. Mm-hmm. He tries to comfort himself with this is all there is. And this is life. And you only go around once and you better... I mean, live life with gusto because you only got one shot at it. That's the attitude. Now, Jesus talked about being born again, born of the Spirit. And he taught that it's the gate into spiritual life. John chapter 6 and verse 63, Jesus said, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. Now, what does quicken mean? Give life, make alive. It's the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit, and they are life. Everything Jesus spoke was Spirit, spiritual words. He was speaking in that realm. He was describing, He was teaching, He was instructing that realm, because that's life. The flesh profiteth nothing. You brought nothing into this world and you're going to take nothing out. That's how much profit there is in the flesh, in this earthly life. If you don't get born again of the Spirit and born into the spiritual world and find a place, your life is nothing. It's not going to amount to anything. Romans chapter 8 and verse 10. And if Christ be in you... The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Y'all understand that any better? I do. I hope you do. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. These are verses that I've heard so many times. I've heard them preached on over and over and over and over. I've read them over and over. And you, hath he quickened? Who's he? Christ. You have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. So the natural man, that's where he's at. Even when we're blind to spiritual powers, we're still being manipulated by them and influenced by them. 
before we're saved, we walked according to the Spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You didn't even know it. You didn't even think about it. You denied it and didn't believe it. But it don't matter if you believe it or not believe it. That's what the Bible says, and that's just exactly how it is. What's leading, what's guiding, what's working on all these people? Why do they do such foolish things that don't make any sense? Sinners oppose themselves. They do the most foolish, stupid things that don't make any sense that are bound to come out bad, and they do it anyway. Like take drugs. How does somebody do that? We just marvel at it and say, what in the world? How can they do that? How can they start that knowing what it's going to do to them? They can look around and see everywhere the evidence of what it does. Why would they do that? Because there's a spirit working among the children of disobedience. Yes, evil. And you can go on and on. What about even smoking cigarettes? You know, why would anybody start that? Knowing how hard it is to quit and how all the damage it does. And why would anybody do that? Well, something's urging them to do it. Something convinces them that it's what they need to do. Not common sense, not facts, not intelligence. Must be something else. It's a spirit, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. Nicodemus here was blind to spiritual things. And he was trying to understand the words of Jesus and spiritual birth as something carnal and tangible and earthly. I think that most people make more of Nicodemus than he deserves. I don't think he is such a great guy. Now, apparently, he did understand eventually. But here in John chapter 3, he didn't understand. He was as carnal as they come. He opened the conversation by asserting that he knew Jesus was of God because of the miracles he performed. Is that convincing evidence? Well, then you'd have believed the Egyptians in Egypt, the magicians of Egypt, were of God then because they could do all kinds of things. Tricks? I guess you'd think David Copperfield would be of God because he can do all kinds of things. And Houdini and all these others. They can pull some pretty good tricks. Is that evidence that you're from God? No, it's not. That's what every unconverted person does. They're impressed by miracles and magic tricks and anything that appears to be supernatural. They're superstitious. That's what they are. Those who have a religious tendency, they'll credit that phenomena to God, like Nicodemus did here. He's religious. He's a Jew. He's a Pharisee. He's a ruler of the people, ruler of the Jews. I mean, he's got that religious tendency. So when he sees something like that, he's going to say, oh, that's God. It's like when people see angels in the clouds. When they see uh, Jesus come down, you know, anything they see, they see the cheese toast with Jesus' picture in it or Mary or anything like that. They, oh, it's God. Any kind of fascinating, fantastic, even if it's in their imagination, they'll say, God did this. This is God. But those who don't have a religious tendency, they'll credit it to the unknown. The twilight zone. Strange, paranormal stuff. They can't explain it, but they're just fascinated with it. And it's proof to them that there's something out there, but they won't give God the glory. So, 
You know, there was a lot of people who saw Jesus' miracles, and they all forsook him and fled. That's right. Didn't stand with him at all. Even the ones that were really, really healed. Where were they? Then Nicodemus protested that Jesus, what he said about being born again, because he couldn't understand birth except it involved a physical mother and a physical womb. After all, that's what birth is. He said in verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He actually made, seemed to make light of Jesus and kind of mock him about his spiritual talk by showing how ridiculous it sounded when compared to physical birth. You see, Nicodemus said, well, what? How, can, how can a man, be when he's old, be born again? Can he enter into his mother's womb and, and do that again? What are you talking about? He's just like, that's the craziest thing I ever heard of. He's totally carnal, totally earthly minded. He has no idea what Jesus is talking about. And later on here, Jesus says, you're a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? What? This is nothing new. This is not something new that Jesus brought, a new doctrine, a new, new truth. They knew this. You can go into the Old Testament and find it all over the place about a new heart. Uh, I mean, having the law written on your heart. A big change happened. Take away that stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. He actually made light of him. Jesus answered in verses 5 through 8 explaining that there must be a spiritual birth as well as a physical birth. And Nicodemus just simply said, well, how can that be? He doesn't understand. That doesn't stop Jesus from telling him. Well, let's see here. I did write those verses down. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And then Jesus explains it so clearly. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I mean, he's telling Nicodemus, you're trying to understand spiritual things with earthly things and you can't do it. You're trying to see it and you're not going to see it until you're born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So that's what he's saying there. The wind blows. You can hear the sound. You can't tell where it's coming from, where it's going. You can't do a thing about it. You can't see it. You can't touch it. That's the way it is when you're born of the Spirit. That's the way the spirit, spiritual things are. You can't see them. That's why people have so much trouble with it. Because you have to see. I won't believe it until I see it. Thomas. Okay. John 3, 11 and 12. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know. And testify that we have seen. Alright, now that's what we do, isn't it? That's what I'm trying to say to you. We speak that we do know. And we testify that we have seen. That's what everybody does. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? See, he's kind of rebuking Nicodemus because he will not understand what Jesus is saying except he can understand it in earthly terms. Not going to work. Woman at the well. Same thing. Samaritan woman at the well in the next chapter of John. So exactly the same way. 
When Jesus spoke of giving her living water, she immediately thought he was talking about water out of the same well she'd come to draw from. And it's obvious because she said in in verse 11, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? See, she answered him just like Nicodemus answered him. Her first response was, You think you can do this? What are you talking about? You're talking nonsense. When Jesus answered and spoke of giving her living water and never thirsting again, she again spoke only of what she knew by what she had seen and heard. The woman saith unto him, verse 15, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to drink. That's a good deal. I mean, I won't never be thirsty, and I won't have to come here and do all this work. I want some of that. So that's the way everybody's presenting Jesus now to everybody. He'll just take all, he'll just, he's just your little helper. He'll make everything wonderful in your life and won't require a thing of you. Just make your life here one heaven and then you get heaven too. Hallelujah. Who'd turn down a deal like that? I've heard preachers say that. That's not the way it is. Then when Jesus spoke of her immoral life and she realized that he knew all about her, then she switched over, started talking about religion immediately. But it was just earthly terms. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Well now, and then the very next words out of her mouth, verse 19 and 20, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Immediately just start talking about religion. Religion, not spiritual things, religion. I mean, she's talking about, Jesus explained to her that worship is not about a place or a man but that it is a spiritual thing and that God is a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. But again, she simply answered with her earthly, carnal understanding. To that, she said, uh, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he's come, he'll tell us all things. Just like these two examples, Nicodemus, the woman at the well, so are all men and women blind to the spiritual world. And they're only alive to the physical world around them. Carnal. Carnal. To be carnally minded is death. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It's death. No wonder that Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Oh, y'all seem awful dull tonight. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying to you. First Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So we take a Roman's road and we invent a plan to get people to say a prayer and then get baptized and they're surely saved. And we tell people in all the soul winning classes and everything just how to go about it to get people to just make a profession of faith and then tell them they're saved forever and they're going to go and they've never been born again. Not one word, not one spiritual word in the whole plan. Not one mention of what Jesus mentioned. Not one reference whatsoever. Not to steer them that way, to think that way. To realize what being born again is about. There's no spiritual burden. The churches have been filled with unconverted people. They're not spiritual. They're carnal. 
carnally minded. They only think, they only understand in earthly terms. So that's why they got the rock music in there now. And that's why they got all the immorality and, and the church is filled with the world. And they're more like nightclubs than anything else. Right. Same as the world because it's the same people. Yes. They just got religion. They found them a, a nice little crowd to get around. A little social circle that they can call a church, but it's, boy, it's just people that they can really get along with. I've seen people get saved and, go up and become a preacher so they can join the preacher's club yeah. and belong to the preacher's club. And I mean, it takes an encounter with the Savior in order to be born of the Spirit. And very few people ever get close enough to meet Him. That's the truth. You ain't going to get born again till you get to Jesus. And see, we say those words. We've heard them a lot. We've heard preachers preach them. But where's the punch to it? Where does the water clear up where everybody can see what that really means? Most people are on the broad way, which means that they have embraced an earthly, man-made religion that attempts to explain and understand God and all His works with carnal, earthbound eyes, ears, and intellectual exercises. That's what you got. You got a bunch of smart ones, educated, know-it-all that don't know anything. Fools professing themselves to be wise. And if any man thinketh he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right? Now listen to this. Luke 17, verse 20 through 21. You can't see a spirit. You can't touch a spirit. You can't locate it. A spirit. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered and said, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Are you a king? He said, Thou say it. Yes, he was a king. But his kingdom is not of this world. That's what he said. My kingdom is not of this world. Where is it? It's in the hearts of men. It's a spiritual kingdom. Not an earthly kingdom. They all look for an earthly kingdom. An earthly king, an earthly kingdom. They wanted this, this son of man to set up a kingdom. And that's what they were looking for. When's it going to happen? They demanded of him, when's that going to happen? Now, we, you say you're the Christ. Everybody thinks you're the Christ. When are you going to do it? Do something that we can see. Do something we can be a part of here and now. Something we can put our hand to. The great thing of the new birth is that before you're born again you're blind and after you're born again you can see what can you see well it's speaking of understanding seeing is speaking of understanding not physically seeing with your eyes the kingdom of God cometh not with observation the spirit is like the wind Jesus said there in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus. You hear it and you can see its effects, but you cannot see it or put a location on it. 
Now we understand with our mind what we could not understand before. That's when your understanding is opened. The Emmaus disciples, I mentioned Sunday, I think, but when Jesus revealed himself to them, he opened their understanding. (laughs) And they could see. They could understand all of a sudden what they didn't understand before. Has that ever happened to you? Let me ask you that. Has it ever happened to you? I mean, the light came breaking through. And you understood. What was always a muddle to you, always a puzzle, always a confusion, just something you were wondering at and wondering at. I mean, has there ever been a time in your life, if you're born again, there's been a time when the lights came on in your soul. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, those spiritually blind people all around there and their religious leaders mocked him and they demanded that he prove who he said he was. By doing some miracle. If you're the Christ, come down from that cross. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Why didn't he do it? Wasn't fighting a physical battle. No, and he's not going to do it for superstitious people. Would they believe? I mean, the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16. The other man in hell begging for somebody to go tell his brother. Said, oh, if somebody come back from the dead, they'd believe and. And Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. If they don't believe them, they wouldn't believe if one came back from the dead. They didn't. They sure didn't. They still don't. Superstitious people demand physical proof of the supernatural. But people who are born of the Spirit do not. Because they can know what superstitious people do not know. I don't have to see a miracle. I don't have to see proof. I don't have to feel anything. I mean, he doesn't have to do one more thing for me as long as I live for me to believe and for me to know what I know. It's enough. I don't have to see something else. God's not on trial with me. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. If he does to you, You're not born again. You're not spiritual. You're carnal. Everyone who misses Jesus, when they miss Him, they do it because they're looking for Him to miraculously change things in this physical realm right now. And not for what He does in the spiritual realm. His kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. It's not of this earth. And you'll miss Him if you're demanding that He prove Himself some way by healing your loved one, by giving you the money you need by answering some prayer about something. And if he won't do it, you ain't. No, you just, you're going to lose. You want to ensure that he's not going to do it? Just lay down that groundwork. Tempt the Lord and see how far you get with it. The blind man had it right when Jesus asked him, what wilt thou that I do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I just want to see. If that was your only cry, when you want to get saved, I guarantee you he'll do it for you too. If you don't lay down no other demands and requirements of him and and making him trying to prove something else to you, if you just say, Lord, open my eyes so I can see, he'll open your eyes and you'll see. And you'll understand. That's what it means. You'll understand. 
all of a sudden, you'll just understand. There ain't no other way to explain it to you that I know of. That's what being born again is like. <laughs> that first birth, that little baby hits the air and he can see. He's been in a dark place, out of the light. And all of a sudden, the light hits him in the air. And he's in the world. And he's starting to learn. And he starts hungering and thirsting. And he has needs and he starts seeing and hearing and learning as he goes. And it's amazing. That's just how it is spiritually too. <laughs> That's how a person's born again, you see. Now being able to see means to be made aware of what was there all the time, but you were oblivious to. That's what astounds you. How could I not have seen this? How could I not have understood this? How could I have been so blind? <laughs> what can you see? Well, you can see that there's more to life than just what you see with your eyes and what you hear with your ears and what you feel in your heart. You can see that there's more to understand than the physical universe around us. There's something else. And you can see, understand, that there are powers at war that are influencing and controlling what goes on in this physical world around us concerning man and his sin and his righteousness. Do you follow me through all that? That's one of the things you see. You realize that good and evil are at war. You look around you at this world and full of sin and all the evil and the violence and the injustice and the awful things that people are doing. And you understand for the first time in your life after you're born again what is going on. You really understand what's going on here. And then you start to see your place in it all, where you have been and where you are now. You also become aware that your mind and your heart are the battlefield of these spiritual powers that are at war. And it's your soul that's at stake. You realize that? Yes. Being born again, you wake up telling us. You know, it's funny how this, how the devil, he's such an imitator and deceiver and how he does all this word everybody's using, woke. They're woke. Man, they ain't woke. You ain't woke until you're born again. And you can wake up and see what's going on. Right. But you're aware of it. Since you can see, you begin to resist the devil and the evil in this spiritual realm and not just by conforming outwardly to certain religious uh, requirements. Yes. That's right. So many people, they, get, they start going to church. They just get in there, join the crowd, get baptized, and they just conform to whatever church they're going to. Whatever they do, that's what they do. Whatever they say, the way they talk, they just conform to it. and They just settle in. When you're born again, you realize there's more to it than that. That ain't enough. Never any peace and none of that. Galatians chapter 4, verse 29. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. That's referring to an Old Testament deal. One was born after the flesh and one was born after the Spirit. And the one born after the flesh persecuted the one born after the Spirit. Those that are born of the Spirit are free. What's all this talk about free? The truth will make you free. 
Well, I don't wonder what these modern Christians believe. They don't believe you're free from sin. What are you free from? He's not giving us a spirit of bondage under fear. I mean, we're not, there's no such thing for the Christian, but we're free. We're free from sin. We're free from having to think of everything in earthly carnal terms. You're free from that bondage right there to where your mind's locked in to this earth and earthly things and you just can't understand if it don't work in this realm, it can't be true, can't be real. You're free of that. It opens your mind up and your heart you're free. Man, your understanding has been expanded by faith to include a realm without the confinements of living in a body of flesh in a physical world. (laughs) Maybe someday you'll listen to this or read it and you'll understand a little better. When you're born again, you're enlarged. Your mind is enlarged. Your heart's enlarged. You can feel. Everything is (laughs) opened up. Your understanding is enlarged, expanded. You don't have to relate everything to the physical in order to understand it. You see, you begin to walk by faith and not by sight. I don't have to visualize. I ain't ever, I've never done that. I don't know. Maybe you do. If you do, you shouldn't do that. Something wrong if you do that. Visualize things. The face of God. The face of Jesus. Heaven. Visualize angels. You better watch that. The Bible talks about Jesus and this spiritual warfare and all. And what He does is it casts down imaginations. Mm -hmm. And every high thought that exalteth itself against God. I don't have to visualize. I don't have to imagine so that I can see it with these eyes. What it would look like if I could see it with these eyes. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that with God. I don't think of God as a form of some kind. I don't even think of Jesus that way. I don't think of spirits as some form. I can't see them. Nobody's ever seen them. You can't see them with these eyes. But I'm free. Since I've been born again, I don't have to think of how I can see with my eyes. You all getting this? Yes. Walk by faith, not by sight. They have victory over Satan and his armies because you can see to resist them. That's what we've been talking about through all of this. You can see. Not with these eyes. Not visualizing your mind. You can just understand. You can tell the spirit of a person. You can tell the spirit of a place. You know, we talk about going to places. I've been in these cities, some of them, where there is a spirit you can feel it. Yes, I can just feel it. Not in my body. I feel it in my spirit. Yes. My spirit can sense this evil yes. darkness. Yes. Jesus, because He is the Son of God and the Son of Man, He's the bridge from the physical world to the spiritual world. You understand that? Well, here it is. John 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. You see, we're in this world. We're in a body of flesh. Jesus came and did the same thing. 
But now, He's ascended back to heaven. And He is our mediator. That don't mean He's sitting up there arguing our case before God one at a time, keeping God off our back. That ain't that, that ain't what it's... He made a way. He's the one that connected us. He bridged the gap. And you got to be born again by believing on Him. By trusting in Him. Not trusting your faith. Trusting in Jesus. He's the way. Your faith's not the way. Your believing is not the way. He's the way. You've got to trust Him. Boys, there, there's, that's, a, that's a place where I, I'd say most people stumble right there. They're trying to believe, trying to believe. What does it mean to believe? They don't understand. I believe. I believe, but I don't feel nothing. Nothing's happened. Everything's the same. Well, you just, you haven't got close enough to Him yet. That's right. That's right. You haven't got sick of this old world enough yet. Don't you see the vanity of it? Ain't no wonder Solomon, the preacher, said vanity of vanities, all is vanity. As far as this world's concerned, the flesh profiteth nothing. You live a hundred years, and healthy as a horse till the day you die. Make millions of dollars. Make a name for yourself, and it is nothing. Totally worthless. If you die without being born of the Spirit. You don't even know what is going on. You were just backstage, that's all. Better get out where you can see what's really going on on both sides. That's the whole purpose of all of this. Wake up. Have some spiritual discernment daily in your life about everything. Your moods, your opinions, your attitudes, we talked about. Oh, I've just thought more about that too. That's spirits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, do you understand a little better about what it means to be born again? Yes. you got to be born. Nicodemus, you can't see any of this until you're born in this realm. You can't see. Nicodemus, at that point, he never did understand it. The woman at the well, she ran back to town and said, Come see a man who told me all things ever I did. I wonder. You know, everybody just shouts her out because that woman got saved. Did she? Well, I, maybe she did, but not from that right there. That ain't proof she was convinced or that she was born again. She was just fascinated that he knew all about her. Now, the bunch of people come from town and they believed on him, the Bible says. Because of what he said, not because of what she said. Exactly. What did the Bible say? Yep. The Bible doesn't say one word about her believing on him. Nope. But everybody gives it all the credit. You know, Everybody takes everything pretty lightly. Everybody looks at them signs and they look for that physical evidence. And the least little bit, boy, they'll light you on to that. That's right. Spirits are involved in that too. All right, Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the truth. Oh, Lord, pray it be received and help somebody. I praise your name for all the the truth and the way you give it to us here. Thank you for the understanding and the help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.